Welcome everybody to another episode of Spectrum Talk. Oh, here, I'll just get situated in my chair because I'm recording on the computer this time instead of off the phone. Just because I'm sitting here instead of sleeping like I should be. Because, of course, that's how it goes. Anyway, let's cut to the chase. Halo Infinite is my game of the year because it's incredible. I cannot believe. Though I, I had been saying that I thought it could be. I thought I had the chance. But I... I, um... Though I even I thought I was crazy that it was going to be able to beat some of the things that were coming out this year. And then I played Metroid Dread, and I was like, I don't think anything's going to be able to beat this game. Um, and I still hold Metroid Dread in high regard, and it could kind of go either way with me. Um, I just think as a complete package... Halo Infinite overtakes it because it's got that multiplayer mode, but it can go either way. Metroid Dread's just is spectacular in every way. Halo Infinite, um, actually, the problems with the battle pass, I think, would you could you could argue could make Metroid Dread uh, go above Infinite, but the uh, but Dread doesn't have any multiplayer whatsoever. And the multiplayer in Infinite's great. It's just the battle pass shenanigans and everything that you can completely ignore. But they cause other issues. But those issues seems to have been fixed now. At least most of them. Especially now that as of the 14th of December. Uh, they have added actual playlists. Slayer, SWAT, Fiesta, Free For All. And Big Team Battle. But I finished the campaign on Heroic. It's actually the first time I've played a campaign on Heroic starting out. I just felt like doing it. It took me almost 17 hours to beat. And I wasn't mainlining it. I was going to, but I kept getting sidetracked and enamored with the open world. And wanting to go to the bases. And there are... There are, like forward operating bases that you can get and they become fast travel points and also places to get more guns and vehicles. Um, but they also have audio logs that you can get and they're scattered all throughout the world. But they're at every single fob you go to. And you also, with every fob, you unlock more of the map or at least... Uh, not necessarily more the map. The map's still there, but it scans the map and it shows you what's on the map and uh, lets you know where stuff is. And every time you go and do something, uh, it reveals more story. So, unlike in, um, I've seen some people say like it's got Far Cry elements, and that's or, or Ubisoft elements, and that's not exactly untrue. Um, or Assassin's Creed elements, you know, those Ubisoft elements, you know, go to the tower and everything. But unlike those games where it doesn't really seem like it matters other than a checking something off a list. When you do something, you reveal something about the story. You can complete the story without doing any of this. And you may not feel like you've missed anything. But when you do this, it feels... 
the story feels so much more. Or, 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 hold on, let me, let me try to phrase this better. These, uh, they're not even side quests or side missions. They're side things. That's what they are. They're side things. They're not missions, really. They're just things on the map to do. They fill in the extra story details of what the hell happened, why you were, because you, Master Chief wakes up after six months, because that's just his thing, waking up after shit's, after shit's gone down. After six months and the war, this war that happened, we lost. And it's figuring out what the hell happened, and each time you do something of these completely optional events and things and whatever it fills in details and it tells you what happens and there's like high value targets scattered around the maps that you can go kill or not and not only do you get special weapons from it but it also fills in story and it gives you reason to take down these targets because when you get next to one it tells you why they're high value target why they're a high value target what they did to become a high value target and it gives you reason uh, they killed so-and-so, they killed this many Marines, they did this, they did that, and it gives you a reason to kind of hate them and take them out. Um, other than also you get a special weapon added to your arsenal. And the only thing that felt like a checking a, uh, you know, ticking a box on the off a list was the Spartan cores, which are how you upgrade Master Chief, because he gets a new uh, Spartan cores... Of course, you get a grappling hook and a thruster, uh, enemy radar. Well, I mean, voice had a radar, but this is one that you can shoot out, and it scans for enemies so you can see them through environments. But that's usually what you use it for in the multiplayer. Well, in campaign, I never really found a use for it, or never really thought it was going to be useful until they introduce you to elites who use their camo. And this is why, because I was I was wondering when I was playing the multiplayer, because even in the betas, and then when it got released early, I was wondering, I was like, man, why is the camo so fucking invisible? Because I think in Halo 1 is when it was just straight up invisible. And then it became more where it was invisible, but it was more reflective, so it was easier to tell when someone had it. Um, I just remember it was... I just remember it being easier to tell in some of the other games. I just don't know which one specifically. But I remember Halo 1, it was just they weren't there. But in other ones, they were invisible or they were translucent. But you could still see kind of the shape of their body. It was almost like they were made out of glass or ice. Uh, but Halo 1, though, they were just invisible. Well, in this one, they're just gone. You can't really see them. You maybe can see a shimmer here or there. And I always wonder, it's like, man, that's really hard to tell. I wonder why they did that. And in the campaign, it makes a lot of sense so you can use your ability. The campaign, especially on Heroic, makes you want to use all your abilities, except for the shield. I never really had a, the one you shoot out, the weird uh, wall shield. I never really upgraded it and used it. I felt no use for it. Um, but the... I used to... I, I became a grapple hook master. Um, that's your main one. Um, and then the... 
of course, and your main shields. That's not really an ability. That's just one you, one of the things you can upgrade. But that's what your Spartan cores do. And then as you get more FOBs, those pop up on the map and you go and find those. Um, and you get those through missions as well. That's really the only thing I that's taken off a box other than propaganda towers. Um, which sound like the Ubisoft thing, but you don't climb those and clear enemies. You just go around there and blow them up. And then you get some story stuff. Um, your AI will fill you in and tell you some stuff about it. Then there's the audio logs, which there are several different types of audio logs from several different, uh, either from the UNSC, from different Spartans, from the Banished themselves, and I think there's one other source. I don't remember off the top of my head. And then there's several different kinds of side. Not it's they're not really missions, but yeah, I guess side missions, side different things to do, different kind of bases to raid and whatever. But they all feel important. They all have reason. They all add to the overall story. It's the most fun I've had in a video game this year. It's the most fun I've had in a Halo game since... Uh, well, for a long while. And the story is fantastic. It didn't go as far in a lot of ways as I thought, but I felt... I felt they did uh, probably as best they could wrapping up what Halo 5 did. Um... Halo 5 had a lot of great ideas. Halo 5 did have a lot of great ideas. Um, I don't know if I completely agreed with all of them, but Halo 5, especially Halo 5's... Halo 5's ad campaign had the best idea ever, which I guess they were trying to subvert expectations, but it was a complete lie. I was amped up for a completely different game, which was who is or isn't the villain. You know, and you playing the idea of what they set up was, what they sold you was, um, you know, uh, the two different sides, Locke or Chief. It's who is the villain, even in the ad campaigns. And they were, there was even a whole like re, uh, podcast about it. Is who is who is the master chief really, and who's all the blah, blah blah all this bullshit? And it was a complete lie. It had nothing to do about that. Master Chief was not the villain. He just disobeyed orders to go after Cortana, who then turned out to be the villain. And um, I don't necessarily agree with Cortana or the way they did it. It just seemed really abrupt in a way. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think that betrayal can work. I think Halo 5's campaign was a jumbled mess. But I do think there's a lot of great ideas. I do think the two perspectives can work. I think the idea of the marketing was great. I really want to see the whole... The two things. Because the UNSC are not necessarily the good guys. Especially in the first three games. They were only the good guys because they were the only ones that could stand up against the Covenant. But they were not the good guys before the Covenant attacked. They were a fascist force that the independent colonies were fighting against. But then all of a sudden, the giant evil authoritarian, you know, the religious authoritarian space aliens showed up. 
and one and started glassing planets and then humanity had to group together to figure out what the fuck to do and then the flood showed up and we had to figure out something but halo 5 you know 343's trilogy story it seems to deal with a different UNSC, one that has regrouped, has a, has a name, has the same name, but seems different laws and stuff have changed. Uh, there's different protocols. People have been prosecuted for war crimes, and one's supposed to be Halsey, but I don't know what the hell's happened with Halsey now. There's uh, some weird interesting stuff I'm not going to spoil what happens in the Infinite Campaign because I genuinely think it's a great campaign um, I wish they would have gone in a lot heavier into the lore but um, I understand why they didn't not just because of them trying to wrap up what happened in Halo 5 but this is with Chief this is a different Master Chief um, he's a lot gruffer. He's a lot older. This is not like in the first Halo games. Or even the first four Halo games. Where it's been him basically back to back to back to back. Then frozen. Then back again. Where he's been like... Even though he's been like in cryostasis, it's... Technically, to him, it's only been like this constant battle, this constant fight, back to back to back, just days in a row. Um, this is Chief with age. I don't know how much age. I mean, it's after five, not that long after five. And then, of course, six months out in space. Um... That's right at the beginning of the game. He's found floating after six months of losing this battle. Um, they call it a war, but it didn't really look like a war. Or the Banished call it a war, but it kind of wasn't. Um, but he is tired. He doesn't ever say he's tired. But especially in the beginning half of the game, you can hear it in Steve Down's acting. He's a lot more grizzled and gruffed. He's tired. He's a lot snappier. He just wants to get the job done. But not in a... But not in a... This is what soldiers do. Soldiers gotta do this. Let's go get the job done. Hoorah. But let's just finish this. Let's just get this done. He does things that are... Gen he does something at some point in time that's genuinely supportive. Surprising, if you've been following Halo for a while, um, that you wouldn't expect him to do, and he does it with no hesitation whatsoever, and it's genuinely surprising, um, and um, it's. It's really good. This might be my favorite Halo campaign. And it might be the best Halo campaign. I still think Halo 4 is the best Halo campaign, or I thought before this. Um, Altogether, uh, gameplay-wise and everything, this is probably the best package uh, campaign-wise. So it's probably the best Halo. I think story-wise, Halo 4 was the best. 
because it just was. And then Halo 3 is got to be in that conversation too. It just has to be. Halo 3 is just the culmination of everything and it's just damn near a perfect fucking video game. Um, but... It, it, I was actually worried about the ending because that's kind of where a lot of Halo games can die. Like Halo 2... It's really, really great campaign, solid. A lot of, I know a lot of people didn't like the Arbiter stuff, but then they turned around on that. Um, and it was a pretty long campaign. But then the ending just sucks. All of the... It just... The momentum dies. And then it just... That last boss fight sucks. And then... Finish this fight. Cut the black credits. Cliffhangers aren't bad, but that one sucked. Sorry, I had to take a drink. But then, um, Halo 3 didn't have that problem. Halo 3 was like, what if we did... What if we did, uh, Halo... The end of Halo 1, but on a much grander scale. Ow, I hit my mic! And, of course, they achieved that very, very well. And then Halo 4 actually does the ending of Halo 1, but at the beginning of the game. And uh, it's really awesome. I really love Halo 4. And then, of course, Halo 1's ending is very somber. Um, and then Halo 5 is a whole other crapshoot. Um, I don't know what happened in the development of that game, but I'm really glad that Microsoft let them work on this game for as long as they needed and got everybody they needed involved in this. Got all their other studios involved. Certain Affinity, the Coalition. The credits on this game are long as hell. Because Microsoft got everybody they could think of involved on this. Um, to help make this game what it could be. It's beautiful. It has a different art style that makes it look... When you look at it... When you just look at it... When, when you just glance at it, it doesn't look that impressive... It's very, very pretty. And uh, what what they're doing, it's kind of hard to notice, which is kind of sad on the surface, to how good the game actually looks. Because it's one of those games that you can peel the layers off of and make it very, very basic, and it still look fairly similar. And the reason they did that is they're wanting low-spec machines to be able to run it well and something like the original Xbox One to be able to run at a solid frame rate and be able to people to be able to play uh, relatively competitively online multiplayer and also run the campaign well because it was originally pitched for the Xbox One so that's what they went for but I played on the Series X and what you get there are incredibly fine detailed textures but you don't notice them until you actually go looking for them and you have to look at them Everything is detailed with very fine detail. Everything is like look handcrafted. Every just minute detail. Everything is beautiful. Lots of particle effect, effects. Every gun has detailed. Leather moves. Metal has scuffs on it. Just this and that. Individual blades of grass. It's just beautiful. But its art style has this kind of. It's not bad. It's just it's just different. Whereas some of the uh, the 
two previous games before it in 343's Halo trilogy um, went for a more realistic kind of style. It's not that this one doesn't. It's just it's a different... I don't know what to call it. It's not cartoony, because it's not. Because the humans still look like humans. It's just different. Because Halo 5 still looks... At least in the cutscenes. Of course, the cutscenes were done kind of, I believe, by Blur. Or at least Blur helped out. And they're using real actors and, and such. Um, of course, the facial animation in this and the cutscenes... Um, and apparently, the uh, the cutscenes are real time. They're not uh, they're real time, which is you'll notice this because all of the guns. If you go walk into a cutscene holding the gravity hammer, Chief is still holding the gravity hammer in the cutscene, no matter what the cutscene is. Um, the facial animations in this are incredible, and I didn't notice this at first because a lot of the characters you're dealing with are, of course, aliens. The brutes, and then uh, the pilot. Uh, I don't remember his name. You don't actually learn his name till the end of the game. I just don't remember what his the column for is like Echo two thirteen or whatever. Um, because he has a beard, and of course Master Chief has the damn helmet. His visor looks so good. The reflections off his fucking visor look so good. But your AI that you get, the weapon, I started noticing once they got a lot of close-ups that her facial expressions are fucking phenomenal. Um, and it's just, it's incredible. Just incredible. And uh, a lot of stuff like that doesn't get noticed. At least hasn't been noticed. It's definitely using the power of the Xbox Series X. This this game is not a, by any means just one that's just got a little bit new coat of paint on it and it's still just a regular Xbox One game. No, it's it's there, but it's something that looks, at least in the engine-wise, very scalable, which isn't a bad thing. A scalable engine is something that you want. Uh, one of the best-looking engines ever, which sadly we will probably never see another game in, is the Fox engine. Uh, we remember how good look good looking it looked last with the Phantom Pain. You played that on the highest end consoles or computer at the time. It could give you the greatest visuals you've ever seen. But did you know that that came the Phantom Pain also came out on the 360 and the PS3, and it looked great. And it's because that engine was designed to be well, what they called infinitely scalable. It wasn't infinite, but infinitely scalable is what they called it. So if you had the best hardware, it was going to look fucking amazing. But it could run on low-end hardware as well and still give you a great performance and a great game. That was the point of it. Um, from what I heard, it ran well on the 360. I never played on 360. I played on the Xbox One. Um, and it looked great on the Xbox One. Phantom Pain was great on the Xbox Well, look-wise, the game had... Gameplay-wise, was great. Just, you know, Konami issues. But, uh, yeah, Halo Infinite's my game of the year. This is... This get Gameplay-wise, story-wise... I... 
I don't. I still haven't beat Metroid Dread. And I haven't played any of the PS5 games because I don't have a PS5. I haven't played X-Takes 2, which won Game of the Year at the Game Awards. But Game Informer gave Game of the Year to Halo Infinite. So I'm not the only one that thinks this. But I've played a lot of the multiplayer, and I beat the campaign on Heroic. And I'm still thinking about Halo. Like, every day. About wanting to play it again. I'm thinking about the story. I'm thinking about the implications. I can't wait for where, where what's going to happen next. I'm not disappointed in any way of what happened. I, I, this is, I'm so happy that this game met all of my expectations and was able to surpass all of them. Um, only thing I'm worried about now is what the future of it story-wise looks like. I'm, the multiplayer should be in fine hands, as Halo 5's multiplayer was great. The Master Chief Collection still going strong. I just hope the Battle Pass crap gets figured out. Um, but I'm sure the Halo Infinite multiplayer is going to go just fine for like the next 10 years or whatever. I just want to know what story content's going to look like. Like, how... Like, is it going to be deal, like DLC or what? Because or, if they're if this is going to be a uh, base for the future that they're going to build upon, I doubt it's going to, they're going to release another numbered game there or call it infinite two or whatever the hell is going to happen. So I would assume be DLC or, or expansion pack or something. Um, but I, I, like, I don't, like, I don't, that's my only concern, because I want more, and they tease more at the end, which, of course, they would. Um, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. I'm not spo spoiling anything, but, um, but, of course, they, they want more, but the story goes hard. It goes, it went a lot harder than I thought they were going to with wrapping up what happened in Halo 5 and I just I could not like they wanted to they wanted to let you know shit went down they were like here's what happened and you were like holy shit it took a while to get there but they gave you answers they gave you some answers and they were some hard ones um but yeah I I I'm firm in saying this is my game of the year for 2021 um and uh, I, I, I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy. If you have the ability to play it, play it. it, it, it very least the multiplayer. The multiplayer is free. Um, if you have a PC, if you have an Xbox One, play it. The multiplayer is free. If you got Game Pass, it's available on Game Pass. If you don't, the game's sixty bucks. If you want to play the campaign. Because the campaign is worth every single dollar. It's amazing. It's not going to take the 17 hours that I played. I played on Heroic. And you don't have to screw around as much as I did. But if you want something that takes that long, and if you want something that is a good time investment, it's definitely there. It can take you longer than that. I read a review where a guy 
spent 25 hours getting to the end of the campaign. So it's absolutely possible. It's amazing. It feels good. And it's the most cinematic game I've played in ages without trying to be. There are moments where they tried to be and there's scripted scenes and, and stuff. Uh, actually, I think that's only at the beginning where there's a scripted scene. That's during the tutorial. Um, everything else is natural and it's random and it happens just as you're doing shit and getting caught up in the game and, and oh no, we got hit by enemy patrol, random enemy patrol. And it's the most cinematic shit I've ever seen in a video game just happen out of the blue. And it's, it's insane. It, it, and, and it's, it's all, it's perfect Halo gameplay, but it's not scripted like a Halo level should be. This was, most of the stuff that happened was not in a Halo level. It was not in a place I was supposed to be. It was just shit that happened. Stuff that I figured out. I improvised. I did. Which is part of what made Halo great. Just figuring shit out that I could do with the physics or this or that. And that's why people love Halo and gravitate towards Halo. There are several different ways to finish levels in this game. Unlike Halo, there was usually always like point A to point B. How you get through the level like and defeat the enemies is kind of up to you. Like You could kill them all the way, usually by shooting them. But in this one, there's actually multiple ways to finish the level. It's like, oh, we need to unlock that door. And then once I unlock the door, I end up finding out that there was a hole in a mountain... Because I just, I backtracked it because I was like, oh, there's like a special gun back here I can get. And I went and backtracked it. I'm like, oh, fuck, if I would have went around this mountain, I could have went in through here and wouldn't have had to do all this bullshit to unlock this door. And I could have just went in and unlocked it here and would have went through this whole checkpoint like that. Oh, that's amazing. And then I started thinking about these, these instances differently and how I could have completed them. It's just... It's incredible. It's incredible. Definitely my highlight of the year. But yeah, I highly recommend it. Play Halo Infinite. Play Halo Infinite. Please.